On this episode, I'm going to talk about the four-letter word that religious people avoid. It's the four-letter word that Jesus came to bring. Religion has thought the four-letter word he brought was work. I've got to do religious work. When the truth is, Jesus came to bring the four-letter word that's just the opposite of that. It's called rest. Stay tuned. My name is Harold J. Perkins, and at the age of 17, I was selling drugs and on my way to an early grave. While sitting in my house with about 10 guys, God gave me an out-of-body experience, and I was lifted above the room. I could see everything moving in slow motion. After that, I got up and put those guys out, and I cried out to Jesus Christ. He came into my life with liberty and purpose. Then I ran into religion. And it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready. We're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. I'm excited to talk about the rest of God. This rest of God is so incredible that for most believers, they have no idea the awesome thing that God has done. Through Jesus Christ, we can now have life on a level of peace, joy, and rest by his spirit that dwells on the inside of us. Yet most believers never tap into this because they have failed to see and receive that Jesus has already done all of the heavy lifting. He took not just our sins and sicknesses, but he took all of the burdens that life could weigh us down with. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, God said to cast all of your cares on him. If we choose to carry the cares ourselves by worrying how we're going to get over this, God doesn't have it, and we're left with trying to handle it ourselves. Over and over again, Jesus spoke and gave us an example of how we are to live this life with his Father. Jesus never appeared worried or afraid about anything that came up against him. When a storm came that threatened the life of him and his disciples, he stayed cool and calm and his father handled the problem. When a man full of demons approached him, he was cool and calm and spoke words and his father handled the problem. No matter the issue, he was cool and calm. Why? Because he had faith in God. He had faith that he was not alone and understood that he was to live this life at rest. The world system that we live in now was not designed by God, and it came about as a result of the curse that came upon mankind because of the first man and woman created. They did not believe God. And toiling for a living came into play. But Jesus brought back the place of rest by bearing the curse for us, Yet the majority of believers are not living in God's rest. Jesus said something that has gone over the heads of most people. They have yet to receive the revelation of what Jesus was saying about the rest that he brought. Listen to Matthew chapter 11, verse number 25. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hid these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seems good in your sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, 
And no man knows the Son but the Father, neither any man the Father except the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says, come unto me, you that labor, you that toil, and I will give you rest. Not more burdens, but rest. Rest for your soul, which is your mind and your emotions. He's saying, let me handle it. Don't worry about it. But if you want to carry things in worry, he'll let you. Let me give you an example of resting and letting the Lord handle it. In 2008, I was in the insurance and annuity business. I had just started building a team of agents. I had about 15 agents, and we were meeting in an executive suite. We were growing, and things were just starting to take off. My team was making money. But some of the other businesses in the executive suite didn't like that we were adding more agents. So someone took all of the coffee and the other stuff and blamed it on us. So management told us that we could not meet there anymore. This was told to me on Tuesday as I was about to fly to our corporate office that day. And our next training was going to be on the upcoming Saturday. And I wouldn't be back until Friday, the day before our next training meeting. So I'm on the plane heading out thinking, how am I going to solve this problem? Feeling the anxiety and starting to worry. I had about a three-hour flight. So I opened my Bible, and the Spirit of God led me to a certain passage of Scripture that put me at rest. And I said, Lord, I turn this over to you. I'm not going to worry about this. You handle it. Now, I was at our corporate office on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and I never gave our meeting place for Saturday any more thought until I got back on the plane to come back home. But even then, I didn't worry. On Friday, when I got back in town, I got a phone call from a guy that I knew didn't like me. I want you to listen to how God uses people that don't even like you. He didn't know that we had been kicked out of the other office, but he knew that my team was growing, and he told me about someone who wanted to do a sublease of their office. I got their phone number and set up a time later that Friday to meet with them at their office. The office would seat about 60 to, I think, 60 to 75 people. It already had chairs. It already had a projector screen and uh, a projector for our training. And they only wanted $1,000 a month. And we were there in the office for training the next day. Now, because of this office, I was able to grow my team to over 100 agents and soon moved out of there into a bigger office. Now, if I had carried the burden of where I'm going to find an office in a few days, this would not have happened. The Lord made this happen because I gave it to him and rested. The verse I just read said, Jesus also said, my yoke is easy. Now, during the day that Jesus spoke this, a yoke was used to yoke two oxen together. In many cases, it would be an older, mature ox with a younger ox. In Jesus using this as an example, he is the more mature ox. As long as we, the younger ox, follows and keeps pace with the mature ox, our part is easy. This is our walk with Jesus. He is doing the work and we're along for the ride. 
Now, being along for the ride does not mean that we don't have something to do. The yoke that Jesus talked about was used for work, not rest. So why would Jesus use something like a yoke to describe rest? There must be something we have to do to rest, and there is. Listen to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. There remains therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Now that sounds like an oxymoron. Labor to enter rest. Listen to the labor he's talking about. Verse 11 again. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. So he's telling us that some people, because of unbelief, they did not enter into rest. Now, if that's true, then the labor that Jesus is talking about will build our belief so we can enter rest. How do we do it? Listen to verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing of sunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrows and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the hearty. What he's telling us is the word that we labor in is what's going to get rid of the unbelief and enable us to believe. Our easy labor is in the word of God to take in the knowledge of the word of God that will cause us to rest. Remember, I said, I opened my Bible on the plane and I read something that caused me to rest and trust God to handle the need for a meeting place. Let me read you the scripture passage that I read on the plane. I'm in Isaiah chapter 45, verses one through three. Thus said the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus. Now I put my name in there for Cyrus. Thus said the Lord to his anointed, to Harold, whose right hand I have holden, to subdue nationalities before him, and I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two leave gates, and the gates shall not be shut. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron, and I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that you may know that I, the Lord, which called you by your name, that I am the God of Israel. Now, look how many times God says, I. He says that I will loose the loins of kings. I will open the gates unto you. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces and I will give you the treasures of darkness. All the responsibility is on I. After reading this, my labor part I entered into rest. Notice it says that God will make the crooked places straight, meaning you'll get there faster on a straight line. I got a team built much faster because I had plenty of room to grow. We also read that he said that I'll give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches in secret places. And this, this team that I built went into an area that had been available for a long time, but no one had found this way until God showed it to me. And I made a whole lot of money, so he gave me the treasures of darkness. Some of you are going to make millions and even billions of dollars through a hidden place that God has hidden for you. How will it be revealed to you? By drawing closer to God, 
This rest that God has provided for us through Jesus Christ will bring wealth and health. And we enter by building our believer. Listen to Hebrews chapter 4, four verses 1 through 3. Let us therefore fear our reverence, unless a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel, the good news preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. In other words, they didn't mix faith with it. They didn't believe it. So they didn't enter into God's rest. Verse three, for we which have believed do enter into rest as he has said. You hear that? He says, we which have believed do enter. We've already entered into rest when we believe. Because in the realm of the Spirit, it's already done. And as we believe that it's done, we've entered rest. And now we enable God to go to work and bring it into manifestation in this natural realm. Verse 3 again. For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he has said, as I've sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished, from the foundation of the world. You see, the work has been finished by Jesus Christ. He has done all of the heavy lifting already. Listen to Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him. Notice it says he was. See, we got victory because he was already faithful. Verse 2 again, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, insomuch as he who has built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that builds all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope firm until the end. Jesus has built the house and we are his house. First Timothy 5, 8 says, if a man does not provide for his house, he is worse than an infidel. And Jesus is not an infidel. So he will take care of us, his house, provided we, his house, let him. We, the house, have a part to play. And it's an easy part because Jesus said it is. But he did not say it would be easy for religion. If you are following religion, it's a hard way to go. I'm not saying that we won't hit some hard spots following Jesus, but it's a spot. It's a season, not a lifetime. For the most part, our lives should be full of joy and conquest after conquest after conquest. We're having battles but we're winning. Why? Because Jesus has already overcome for us and we just have to endure. I've just come out of a season of my life that was very challenging, but I know it was necessary so God could prepare me for the next phase of my life. Challenges will either humble you or make you bitter. If you get bitter, you won't get better. If you humble yourself in the challenge, God will promote you. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 to 11. Likewise, ye younger, Submit yourselves unto the elders. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, 
casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, which means he can't devour all. Verse 9, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and he'll settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The suffering is to prepare you for your promotion. Go back and read all the things that Jesus had to go through to now be Lord over all of heaven and all of earth. If God required the son he loved so much to endure all he did to be promoted, he's not going to promote us until we endure. If we want greatness, and we should because our God is great, and we should want to be like him, we must endure with joy. James 1-2 says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Why? Because as you endure with patience, you will show the rest of God. As others see you maintain your joy, and they see the manifestation of what only God can do as you stay at rest and let God use his supernatural power on your behalf, people will see the glory of God. Our easy labor is to labor in God's word until we believe whatever we're facing, God can give us victory. I remember on many occasions that I had a major challenge in front of me, and I would go to God in prayer, and he would say to me, go meditate in my word. I'm like, go meditate? Do you see this big problem? And you want me to go meditate? He said, yeah, go meditate. So I did. And after a while of meditating in his word, that problem seemed so small, and I rested trusting God to handle it, and he did. And he's done that over and over and over again. This is the life of ease that Jesus has provided. But most of us want to be told to do something hard so we can feel like we helped God. It's like a man in the Old Testament who had leprosy. It's a skin problem. The man of God told him to go dip seven times in a dirty river and he would be healed. When the man of God told him that, he left furious, saying, come on, dip in a dirty river. What's that going to do? Then the man's servant said, Master, if he had told you to do something great, you would have done it. He's telling you to do something easy and you'll be healed. After the servant said this, he went to the dirty river and dipped seven times. And the Bible says, when he came up after the seventh dip, his skin was like that of a newborn baby and he was totally healed. An easy instruction from God that he obeyed made him whole. The same can happen for you. Do the easy labor in learning the principles of God's word by those who teach them and by reading and meditating in God's words yourself. You will soon realize that Jesus has done all of the heavy lifting and you'll rest in his work and enter into a place of blessing that your God long ago prepared for you. Let me say right here, if you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, you can get to know him now. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. Thank you. That's it. It's that simple. If you believe what you just prayed, he has come in. Start reading the Bible for yourself. 
You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans, and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life, and he'll begin to show himself unto you. Okay, we'll see you on the next episode. I'll be